Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Spandex makes me horny. You don't know who I am? <laughs> Get the fuck out! Gotta patch. Drag is the new What's going on, everybody? Patrick Bear here, and we are back again. Another week, another episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars has aired on Paramount+, Plus, and we are here to talk about it. I have been so happy to do these recaps. It has been so much fun, and it has been great bringing in rotating uh, co-hosts. Really just feeling my pit stop fantasy here, and getting to hear everybody else's opinions on the show so far. This week is no different. This is a voice that we brought in for a recent-ish episode where we took a deep dive into season 14, the season that felt like it would never end. It just kept going and going, and it was chocolate, and it kept going. <laughs> but you may remember this voice, and if you uh, went and followed him on Instagram or twitter uh then you can thank me in the comments later but we have got straight from the bathrooms dan is here what's up dan hi hi how are you i am doing well and uh, for those of you who did not catch it when he was on the last time uh dan's handle is uh, dan in bathrooms which is where mm -hmm. that comes from it's not <laughs> a weird uh pride coming out story i don't come out of the closet i come out of the bathroom wiping yeah. my mouth as i go yeah that's generally where you can find me at the gay clubs just at the glory holes in the bathrooms and just waiting patiently you know for whatever uh white russian happens to come along mm, that sounds white delicious. ukrainian how about that <laughs> yeah there we go there we go, there we go. yes <laughs> i don't i don't need to put up i don't want to have to put up a uh a, a warning, a, a screen at the beginning of this. Right. We're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, although, this that was one of the things that I did not bring up the last time. And uh, we can cut this out if you want to. But you have some phenomenal, like, scruff profile names based off the Drag Race uh, girls. And what was the last one? Uh, um, well, so season 14 was Diabottom. Um <laughs> My favorite one was Bimini Bomb Bottom. That one I got the most attention for. But I'm getting a lot of attention now for Shea Holea. 
that was it. I knew it was shade. Yeah, it was really wonderful. And what sucks, so two Sundays ago was Shaka Khan, which is like this really cool queer party they have every Sunday here in Atlanta. And Shay Kool-Aid was there, and I could not get close enough to show her my scruff profile. So that was really, that was really devastating. But she was living her full fantasy. So I, I, I don't know. My Shea Holea is just so happy. <laughs> I love it. I fucking <laughs> live. Honestly, oh, more people so talk good. to me on the apps about Drag Race than about actually doing anything else. I mean, with some of those profile names, I can absolutely see that. Dan, I am so excited to have you back on the pod to discuss All-Star 7. Before we dive into Episode 6, Total Request Live, I've got to know, what do you think of the season so far? Easily will go down as one of my top five seasons of the entire franchise. Um, I really think it's just stellar. Um, I know a lot of people really rag on there not being any sort of negative critiques, but frankly, like my soul and my energy needed that. Like I, I just needed some like constant positivity and just like always ignoring Raja's faults. Like I just needed that. So I'm fully on board for this season. I thought it was just so wonderful. And every episode doesn't slap. That wasn't a huge fan of, um, the draguation speeches, but it was still good for what it was. Um, but I would say five out of the six of them have been really great. So I'm yeah. thrilled. I, and which has been your favorite and why was it Snatch Game? And why was your favorite impersonation Jinx doing Judy Garland? That part. <laughs> Although it really sucks because her Natasha Leone was so good too, but it just got completely blown out of water by the best snatch game performance of all time. So that'd be wild. <laughs> Is this my camera? So good. Now, I, whenever I walk around now, like I literally just start, I will go up to people and be like, Is this my camera? Yeah. But see, like when, when I saw that snatch game, that's when I like, it started to click for me. It's like, Oh, that's why they don't have Bob and Alaska on here. Cause that would have been too many powerhouses in one of the most iconic games ever. Like, and they're so good at it. So it would have been too much. My head could not have handled it. Literally the entire episode, like it would have been a minute and a half of them coming into the workroom, a quick snippet of RuPaul saying snatch game. And then it would be like a good 45 to 55 minutes of snatch game. Yeah. If those three were in it, like, cause you couldn't, there'd be so much good stuff that be, that would be there. Yeah, I want to see the whole snatch game because you know that thing had to been like a good hour and a half. I mean, release it on WoW Presents Plus. Hello, make this worth our while. Spain is over now, although now they're going to do Canada, Canada dispersed the world, and they uh, said Down Under is coming out on the thirtieth, and France all this week, all this month. Why? Okay, maybe there's less racism this time. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's why it took them so long to do a new, another season, because they actually did the background check. One can only hope. <laughs> One can only hope. Wow. Uh, Scarlet Adams of it all. Is it me? Am I the villain? Yes. Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> 
So, all right. Let's get into it because this was a challenge that hit on so much nostalgia for me to an extent because it's weird. Like as a as a as a homosexual of my age, I grew up on TRL, but at a at a a kind of later point than what I think they were aiming for as like the the nostalgia era. I was very much the beginning of TRL. So in 2001, I turned 20. Yes. So I entered my... I exited my teens, I should say, as like TRL was really becoming a thing. But I have so many memories of, of TRL and all of kind of the fun things, the the crowds that would be outside in Times Square. I'm a born and raised New Yorker, Long Island, so not in the city itself. But that was all, all of that was based, you know, where I was living. That was a thing. You know, there were all these things where it was like, oh, you always wanted to go and stand outside and be like, can I get onto TRL? Because maybe Christina Aguilera would be there that day. Or maybe, you know, like all of these people who were huge, huge pop stars of that moment would just come in and, you know, hang out and they'd show videos and it was, it was fun. Um, but I was a little bit older. What were some of your memories of TRL? Was TRL even a thing for you? Well, I was 13, like when they were like kind of positioning the time frame of this. So I was 100% watching TRL every day that I could. Um, I would, because A, what really was my only opportunity to watch music videos, or it was The Box, which was like Channel 78, and it only came in like squiggly lines. I don't know if you've ever had that. Um, but there, those were the only two ways I could watch music videos unless I would watch Alanis Morissette on repeat on VH1, which I didn't. And so like, I, I remember like Mariah Carey coming out with the ice cream. Um, with her beautiful tight shirt like I fell in love with Mariah Carey on TRL and Jessica Simpson loved Jessica Simpson every time she was on TRL even though I didn't even like her music all that much (laughs) and then um, and then it was funny like they focused so much on um, like pop groups but I remember seeing like POD do you remember them Mm mm-hmm they were like a weird, like Christian rock band. I remember them on there. Limp Biscuit with Fred Durst. I was, yeah. Lincoln Park. Like when those kind of videos would come up, it was great. It was really great. So I, I absolutely love TRL. It was great. So I, this one really filled me with a lot of joy to see it. And I, I'm like, I'm always surprised every season how they managed to reimagine these musical moments. Um, in like different scenarios of our lives, like with the 60s girl groups with uh, season 14 and now TRL. It's like, so it really does excite me how they just continue to reimagine all this stuff. It's cool. I will I will try not to take offense um, to the Alanis Morissette dig or for you just, you know, shoving it in my face on how much younger you are than I am. But anyway. We'll carry on. <laughs> yeah, you probably had a job. You probably couldn't run home after after Latchkey or watch it at Latchkey. <laughs> I mean, I've been working since I was 15. So, yeah, it was, it was definitely 
it was definitely something that uh it wasn't something i could watch all the time but uh, i definitely did watch when i could and it's so funny i i i feel even older when you're like the Mariah Carey ice cream incident and that, you know, falling in love with Mariah on TRL. And I'm like, Oh God, I was a fan for like a decade by that point. Yeah. But can we, can we call out the fact that they, uh, when they were mentioning the groups, Eden's crush, do you remember that? Yes. And it that was funny because a... I said the exact same thing to my friend uh, who's up here visiting. And I was like, not the Eden's crush reference. Right. On, like, shout that, is out. A, that is a gay man's, like deep cut, like you, you are homosexual at four years old. If you know that reference easily, mm-hmm. no problem. Yes. Only mm-hmm. us, only us gays know the root of Nicole Scherzinger. Only us. <laughs> it's true. And that's why yeah. we're the only ones that support her unless she goes solo and then we don't. Which is really too bad. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I don't find the lie in what you're saying. I just find the humor in it. Yeah. Because yeah, it's true. We are a very mean group of people when you abandon other ladies. Just look at Farah with Destiny's Child. Screw you. We're not listening to your music. You know? It's just how it happens. Wait, did Farah put out music? Yeah. She tried. And Fa- Funny enough, okay, so we'll, 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 you brought it up, so we're going to hand it off here. You realize that Farah is the only member of Destiny's Child to never record a Destiny's Child song. Her? No, she's not. Wait, how is that? Mm-hmm. So there have wait, been... Wait, wait, Farah was the one that came in with Michelle? Yes. Then I'm thinking of the totally wrong person. I'm talking about Latoya Luckett. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, first off, and I love Latoya. I, I listen to her music. So yeah, she's great. She's great. Uh, but yes, but Farah is the only Farah is the only member of Destiny's Child to never record a Destiny Child song. Because when you had the original four, when they when they kicked Latoya and Latavia out of the group, mm-hmm. they brought in Farah and Michelle. This was during the height of the writings on the wall, mm-hmm. and they still put out two music videos mm-hmm. if i'm let's say jumpin jumpin yep and say my name yep say my name was the i think big one yeah i think those were the two videos that were filmed after they kicked out latoya and latavia so farah and michelle are in the video they're lip syncing to other people's vocals and then they kicked out farah and then they recorded dc3 with michelle so farah was in the group while the writing is in the the writings on the wall is was out and was kicked out before they recorded a new album so she's the only member of the group to never to be a, a member of destiny child but never have recorded a destiny child song wow how long have you been holding on to that fact to oh i, mean, I tell it to anybody tell I, the who, who wants to listen yeah. oh, okay yeah great <laughs> I'll, I'll add that to my repertoire <laughs> <laughs> I am just full of bizarre Destiny Child facts for everybody. Uh, if hey. you didn't know it, now you do. If you ever do a Spice Girls podcast, you know where to get your random facts. Oh man, I love the Spice Girls so much. So good. Did you, speaking of, did you hear that Mel B is now going to be taking the place of Leona Lewis on Queen of the Universe season two? 
Mm. No, that was a stupid show. So no, I did not. <laughs> I liked I, it. I watched a couple. I, drag queen singing is just one of the more exhausting things that, like, I don't, I don't know why we feel like we can put on a wig and all of a sudden we're way more talented than we are. But also, like, I don't normally like the theater type voice like Jan has. Like, everyone says she's such a great singer. I'm like, I'm not a singer, so I guess I can't really judge. I don't find this appealing at all. And she is considered one of the best singers in the franchise. So I, I don't know. It's not not my jam. The very fact that B got on the show is enough to tell me this is not serious. B walked on, sang a song, walked off, and got and went and filmed uh, UK versus the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ugh. No, ma'am. They said, oh, well, since you're here, we need somebody to appeal to the uh, U.S. Drag Race audience. Jujubee, just come next door to the soundstage. I'm not sure that works. Uh, but it is great that Grad Queen is getting the full accolades, doing the full circuit. She's being treated like a Rue girl, which I think is really cool. Good for her. And she'll be here for Market Days in Chicago uh, in August. So, Yeah, I saw that. Good for her. I will probably not be there, but that part. <laughs> I, I thought I I thought it was a I thought it was a fun show. I thought that the pacing was ridiculous. Like you can't have like a a, a six or eight episode series and have thirty seven contestants, and then be like, well, today we're going to eliminate five people. Yeah. Next episode we're eliminating twelve. Like I need consistency. I need to know what is going on. Well, and, and just the, that show did the, not give it. The judging just didn't feel serious. Like, it was like, you could have had some real critiques here. Now, granted, I only watched the first two episodes. and But, like, the critiques just didn't actually feel helpful in any sort of way. It's like you were sucking off Jujubee, and then you kicked her off. You mean? What, what, like, yeah. what, like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Anyways. There, right, there were some... There were some helpful ones as we went along. And I mean, Vanessa Williams is a fucking legend, icon, treasure. So I'm, I'm always here to support Vanessa L. Williams. Um, and, and while Trixie is probably one of my top two favorite singers from the franchise, I, I, yeah, a lot of it was not, it was a lot of fluff. But I thought overall it was, it was a cute show. Hopefully they'll fix some of these issues for, for season two. I'm still mad that the bearded Australian queen got eliminated. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember his name. So angry. You just blocked it out. Pretty much. Yeah. I just, if if not, then I would just, you know, I would, I would need, I would need to see a therapist about it and just, well, you should uh, do that anyway. You should just, I mean, I could, I could see it. I could see the anguish. Just see it anyway. Yeah. I mean that's just the normal uh that's just the normal issues that I have <laughs> that I need to see a therapist about. But okay. We've 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 tangented it did. We went all, all the way the off the rails. <laughs> but we are here to talk about episode six. Total request live, bringing it right back around. We talked about TRL in real life, and now the queens re-enter the workroom and uh they are treated to a lovely conversation of uh, just more drag queen goodness. Raja, very excited to have won her first legendary, 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 legendary star. 
um, Evie laments over being the only one without a star at this point. If they could foreshadow it anymore, it would be amazing. Um, we have Jinx and Raja talking about how this uh, bequeathing ceremony will be going when they are tasked with giving away their second legendary, 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 legendary stars. And um, the Vivian comes back in with the plunger hidden from the girls at first. They're like, what happened to the plunger? She pulls it out from her behind her back. And when Jada was like, was that up your ass? Like, that was my favorite part of the entire interaction. Yeah. Uh, but Jinx says that she did not block the Vivian because the Vivian said she would have blocked her. What did you think about that statement? I mean, like the rest of the world and Jinx herself, we all know that was bullshit. Um, I mean, because, well, first of all, and maybe a controversial opinion on my part, Jinx should not have won. Point blank, period. That was Vivian's win. But then that would have been two Vivian wins in a row. But how do you, like, make use of the drama that was created when Vivian opened her mouth too damn much? You, you can't do that if she's a winner. So then they give it to Jinx, who then it's like obvious play. Do it to Vivian. I think it makes the most sense. I mean, Vivian is on the upward track, and she has already established herself as an enemy of Jinx. So there literally was no reason not to. And it worked out. Yeah. I mean, that was... I don't I don't understand why she said it. It was giving me very... Ms. Cracker in All-Stars 5, where she was like, I couldn't sleep. I should have put Anjana's name in there. Yo, I should have pulled a bend of the creme and gotten some white out. Yeah. Why are you talking? Why? Yeah. Why are you saying things in a room of a social game like this? Like, well, and I, and I, to yourself. And I think what Jinx was doing after choosing Vivian was playing that social game. It's like, I, this wasn't just retribution is because you're so amazing and I see you just like me or even better. So that's why I wanted to do this to like put a rose on it. It's like, girl, no. Like the, the roses are fine. You don't need to keep on adding uh, more fertilizer. So please put your bullshit away. Thank you. That part. <laughs> so we go to the next day. And RuPaul enters the workroom. I don't have uh, door sound effects. I apologize. <laughs> I'm only trying to be like 97% like uh, uh, Race Chaser. <laughs> the other 3% is Pit Stop. So <laughs> just trying to find inspiration where, where I can. Uh, <laughs> but Ru comes into the workroom and tells them that they are going to take it back to the early 2000s and recreate the Y2K-ness of it all in the Total RuQuest Live Maxi Challenge. They are going to split into two teams of four, and each team is going to do a poppy 2000s-esque song. Neither of them are, like, there isn't... I, I don't... I don't know how I feel about like two separate songs or two completely different style songs. But at the same time, I also don't love when they do the same song and just do it like two different versions of it. 
both have their 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 pros and their cons you know we've we've gotten some amazing uh amazingly fun songs out of the franchise that way but when you have it's like what was it season 12 when they did the split opening for season 12 the first group had i'm that bitch and then the second group had that song i don't remember the name of it but it was the one that sounded like the cell block tango yeah and they the second group was at such a disadvantage because do you remember the name of that song no do you remember anything from that song other than it sounded like the cell block tango <laughs> i remember that dahlia was terrible in it i remember that jada was great for what it was and i don't remember anyone else that was in it i know brockham did uh did a fart joke yeah yeah but you're right though i mean the first episode so overshadowed it like i can i can tell you everything about the first episode i can even tell you that britta was in it <laughs> i mean that alone is an accomplishment but yeah no, my second I, favorite I, drag name of season 12 yeah <laughs> i love britta first? filter and i love jan sport like I'm I'm a sucker for for punny or product names like it just works. Yeah, yeah, I agree with but you. But yeah, so so when you have you know when you have two different songs, it always kind of feels like one group kind of gets the better of the two. Yeah, and uh, so we had Titanic was uh, one song, and then the other song which in this case was actually, in my opinion, the better of the two. And I still can't remember the name of it. Together Forever. Oh, okay. There we go. Thank you. Well, I'm just it, a podcaster. To, to, put how, to put how Rue said it, Together Forever, to really emphasize it was a song. But I think they really miss an opportunity to like dive deeper into that early 2000s vibe because what a monumental moment every time there was a collaboration. Like how cool would it have been they did their individual songs and then a surprise performance at the end of the episode where they did something together. I mean, they could have been the other. You're misters. not wrong about that. It would have been mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the girls are then left to form the groups themselves because nothing sparks drama, like picking your own teams. Oh, what juicy drama this was. <laughs> and essentially, um, the Titanic girls all pick each other without really saying anything. They're like, oh, well, we just figured since we were standing here, we would just do this. And Viv uh, does not appreciate that and does not necessarily approve. What did you think about this drama? "Quote unquote drama that took place around the the team choosing." Yeah, I mean, I, I like I understood where it was coming from. It was like, okay, you guys decided we didn't even get to think about it. So, like, I I got it, but also it's like they had Raja on the team. Like, I'm sorry, that's not someone I'm ever like really trying to be on a team with or Trinity. But you get Evie, who you know is going to kill it. You get Jinx, who kills it all the time. And Jada, who kills it. Like, you're on a powerhouse team. What's the complaint for? Like, that was an odd little, like, middle child moment. 
<laughs> that's a great way to describe it because it really was it it really was that and i yeah i mean i i look at i look at trinity's track record with show songs and they're not horrible but they're not standout moments um raja doesn't have a lot of there was no real like song back in the 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 1700s when she was on drag race yeah and um you know i i i, I mean, mean shay and monet really were the the two that you expected the most from in that challenge from that team right and you also want people that you can stand out against and i'm sorry vivian would not stand out against them at all. Whereas like Trinity, you know, she's going to just probably count to six again. Like she did in super queen and call it a day. Like, ugh, what a weird manufactured drama for the sake of just being upset. And the funny part was before I even watched the episode, I happened to be scrolling through Twitter and Vivian had already posted about like, She's like, I've been on TV for 20 plus years. She's like, I know how to make good television. She's like, that's all that was. And um, she's like, we're all good now. And I mean, regardless of whether or not she felt she was in her feelings at that moment, which she may have been. I mean, some people realize, some people don't. But I mean, at this point, we're going into episode six. They've been there for about two weeks at this point, doing all of this stuff back to back to back. It get like you can be in your feelings, and if she was, that's what it was like, and it's fine. And obviously, it all turned out okay at yeah. the end of the day. <laughs> well, but, I mean, I, I I know that if I've asked World of Wonder like eighteen times just through Twitter, please come up with a season of Drag Race where it's all fresh newbies who have never done it before, and they get like a mentor during that whole time. I want to be on it, and I know I would manufacture some crazy-ass dumb drama just for the sake of doing it, just like Vivian did. I would definitely be this girl. I would absolutely mm. be her. I mean, you know, it, it's... It, listen, you do what you gotta do to make sure that you get the camera on you. And, and she just, she's done a great job the last three episodes of making sure that that's the case. And good for absolutely. her. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, not only are the girls tasked with writing their own verses, but they're also tasked with choreographing the performance as well. Any thoughts on uh, the way the choreography portion uh, shook out on the main stage? Well, can I back you up one step? Because they were also tasked to come up with a team name and kind of like a storyline which i was not anticipating it, like for a while i was like why do we care like what your story is so it didn't make sense until their performance but i was like i was really lost but i really thought that it was like a really cool idea what uh, the other girls were doing because like they were doing some off the wall shit but they were definitely tapping into like the little pieces that you see in girl groups, like Evie being the mm -hmm. robotic one. There is someone who just like, who clearly is just there for the paycheck. You really do have the older one who is like, okay, maybe your time here is a little more limited than the others. Jada, I'm not really sure 
what she was really channeling in that regard. Um, but I, I thought that was a really cool, a really cool concept um, that played well for one of the teams at the end. It was good. Uh, but the choreography yeah. I thought was great. <laughs> And 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 you're right. I I did skip over that uh, unintentionally, but they yeah because they didn't really explain any of that. I loved although uh, the online uh, prep company Mister uh, unintentionally got so much <laughs> so much extra advertising. If yeah. there was only an I in there, it would have been perfect. Yeah. But when they when it was shown what it was for, it absolutely made 100 percent sense because you forget about that that portion of tro where it's like here's a performance okay now let's have a little interview with the group and it it really did it did work out well and it it kind of made it feel like okay well team mister is really kind of cohesive like they're very y2k girl group like it's all so it's so clicking and then the other girls this is weird. This is kind of odd. This is a little wonky. And then it just it just worked so well. Yeah. Yeah, the, the choreography, the one thing that I love about this season is just the pure and utter goofiness of all of these queens. Like, you know when Jada was playing the xylophone and Jinx was there and then Evie was laughing, like moving her arms, and then Monet was just like this? One of my favorite moments of television I've ever seen in my entire life. And then for this choreography, Jada was like, I guess I got to professionalize this for these people. I don't want to, I want to make us look good for the other team. Cut to Evie looking ridiculous. Like the whole team just being batshit. It's just like, they are just so not afraid to just have fun with this and not care. And it's made it so much more enjoyable as a viewer that it isn't so focused on oh my God, I'm not picking up the steps and way more on I'm with my girls and I get to Kiki and we just get to shoot, shoot the shit and have fun. That's so much more fun TV in my opinion, but maybe yeah. it's only more fun TV because we know the girls already. I think you're hundred percent right. I think that's the biggest part of it. We don't need to get to know the Queens. We know these Queens. They've been on our television screens. Um, some of them one time through drag race, some of them twice and we've fallen in love with them and even if like i liked jada before the before this season but i i knew who she was i knew her personality and to see it even more with less of the trepidation of going through this the first time it is definitely so much there it's so much better to see this shine through that way so it's it's a delight and a, a pleasure watching this season for sure. And so really let's ha- is that one too. Who like it's just like, it, like I always loved her, but it's like almost a night and day kind of love. Like I have fallen so deeply for this queen in ways I did not on her original season. It's just great. She's top notch. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's head on to the main stage. Where Ross Matthews, I had nightmares about what they did to Ross in this Carson, uh, not Carson Cressley, Carson Daly <laughs> makeover that they gave him. 
the that hair, the sideburns, the the soul patch. It it disturbed me deeply. Yeah. The clothes, everything, every every bit of it just haunted my nightmares. Yeah. And and again, like I don't know why I wasn't expecting this, but I just wasn't expecting the challenge to unfold in this way. I just thought they would come out, do their song, leave. But they really did make it an episode, which I I just thought was so cool. I I, I love seeing Carson, not Carson, Ross live her full new life in, you know, this world that she caftan world that she has created for herself. I just, it's really, it's really cool to watch. It's, it's nice, you know, like we love watching the Queens like grow and blossom into who they are. I feel like we've almost gotten that same kind of journey with Ross as well, with his confidence and the way that, you know, he critiques the girls. Um, Yeah, no, he's just, he's great. I loved it, but it was a truly creepy moment that it was very wild because it was so close to what Carson looks like. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But it, I, I wasn't expecting it. And it was just so it looked almost like a CGI Ross. And I, I just it, it was so, so bizarre. Yeah. But the first team up to perform is Team Mister. What were some highlights? Were there some critiques that you have from uh, this performance? Um, there's something about Monet where I could watch her do these challenges every season all day long. She has such a great presence about her. Like she's my favorite part of super queen. She is my favorite part of this. Like even that share musical that I wasn't generally fair. I loved her part. There's, she has such a stage presence about her. Um, I just loved it. And she, she very much fit the tone of, um, you know, that era which I thought was important and of that song. Sometimes Drag Race Girls have have a tendency to write a track that doesn't actually have anything to do with the song itself. Um, so, you know, it's just, she did a great job there. And I thought Shay, I was like, I love watching Shay, but this just felt like a repeat of past performances and didn't feel any new, but she has the formula. She has a formula down it's always going to be good. It's just this time. It just wasn't thrilling. Makes sense. I, 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 I can't disagree with you on most on, on, on what you're saying, because most of that is what I felt through this performance. It didn't have the oomph. And I don't know if it was because of it. It's tough when you're that good. Because you have to be even better the next time we see you. And just being great oddly doesn't cut it. Yeah. Where, you know, Monet Monet's performance was, was great. Shay's performance was great. But overall, and, and honestly, I think my biggest thing with this group, and maybe it, it kind of felt like four individual people all sharing the stage together like when somebody was performing the other girls were kind of off to the side when the other girls performed which we'll get to here in a second it felt like a girl group they were all they were interacting there was a lot more 
where they interwove into each other's parts and it felt more cohesive. Yeah. I will say. I, I'm a noted Trinity not fan. Um, but between her and like her and Raja and Raja was like, they weren't bad. It just kind of felt like okay performances brought the entire group average down. And and Mr. just did not live up to what I thought would have been a an exceptional challenge for Monet and Shay. I'm gonna strongly disagree with you there. Raja was terrible. And <laughs> she was just not good. There's a reason that you saw more of the audience during her parts than you saw of her. Great. The lyrics were fine. Did I understand them as she was saying them? No. Did she hit any of her beats? No. Nothing. It was un, it, it was just it was such a reminder to me. It was like, oh, they're making all the girls look good. Good for them. This is nice. That was terrible. <laughs> but I will say one of my favorite parts about them uh, was when they were doing the rowboat. Remember there were the three of them and they were like rowing because they're on Titanic. That was about it. Yeah. And then the performance ends. They go and talk to Carson and it's like, that was so uncomfortable. They didn't practice that at all. I was like, what a weird, like that is never announced on TRL. I don't know, get into a fight or something. But just like saying you're going solo and then Trinity stares blankly off and like does an uncomfortable sound. Meter? What is meter? That... Mm. No, that was dumb. So then the second performance of the challenge is the other girls. What were your thoughts on this performance? When you as a group give yourselves the only goal of being as stupid as possible, you can always succeed. You can truly always succeed. I thought um, I thought Vivian was great. Not a winner to me, um, but I thought I thought she was great. It was very nice. She mentioned foreskin, team foreskin, good for her. Um, but I th- I thought she played really well. Um, into that aspect of just being the British person. Although I swear to God, if she mentions that she's British one more time in this whole series, I will lose my shit. Like girl, no one cares anymore and no one is surprised. It's fine. It's not something that's like snatch game was the only reason that being British, like you were held back because no one understood those amazing references. Um, But yeah, that was very annoying. Jada just talking about shit. Um, was uncomfortably delightful. And um, and I again, she's one of those people that I could just watch every single day because she just commands the stage even when she's trying to shit. It's just wonderful. And then um, Jinx just being an old woman and falling down at the end. I mean, she played into her strength, um, but she's just someone who has surprised me this whole time of just like how much she can adapt to a musical performance that isn't her musical style. So that was really cool. Um, And then Evie, not a winner for me. Um, 
I mean, her most interesting part was when she was recording. Oh, the chaos of their recording session. We didn't even talk about that. Like, listening to them all just do all of these random sounds. Like, truly, again, fabulous television to me. And we didn't even hear Evie, like, do her really cool sound. Like, it was, like, in, like, the back of the song. And I was like, <sighs> okay. It felt but like she they didn't committed. use any of that. Yeah, but she committed to the Like, character. Jinx's long note. Like, oh, honestly, I would have that montage was amazing, though. That montage where they kept on going between the four of them and like Jada making the fart noises or the diarrhea noises. Jinx's note, Evie's modem like that was fantastic editing. I enjoyed that. But and see, like and when Jinx said that she wanted to do a callback to her season five and she did a long note, I was like, how amazing would it have been if that was your whole verse? You just doing one note in as if you were singing a song, but like giving a call back to the Christina Aguilera times where they really tried to do that shit really so much. Like that would have been really entertaining. And then she could have been out of breath at the end. And then that's when she falls. I don't know. It would have been so cool. Um, But yeah, they just didn't use any of that. But you are right that it was, it felt like a much more cohesive and just like fun group to follow and to listen to like i would definitely listen to another song from them for sure yeah absolutely and then their their interview like actually everybody actually kind of gave a little bit of an answer like they it it felt rehearsed it felt like they actually took the time to say okay how are we going to do this how is this going to come across and that moment that they had in their like down the line interview actually worked and made sense at the end of the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. The only one that, um, well, Jada's just made me uncomfortable just because like you did the whole performance. You had to shit like you girl, you wrote the song like in theory months ago, you know, it's like, come on girl, you've gone to the bathroom by then, or at least change your colonoscopy back or something like that. Um, but then like when, at the, uh, when Vivian was talking, uh, she was like, and new music. I'm like, I don't, what does that mean? Like, why did I miss a reference here? But Jinx saying that she was getting shots here and here and here. That I could just listen to Jinx talk all day. She's amazing. Just amazing. So let's head to the main stage for the Night of a Thousand Dollies. Mm-hmm. Before we get to the Night of a Thousand Dollies, the, the guest judge... Did you know how to pronounce the guest judge's name before this episode? Let me tell you about this. So the start of the episode, RuPaul says, uh, and will be joined by special guest judge, pop sensation Tuve Lu. And and you know how they kick back to all the girls being really excited. I was like, none of these bitches know who that is. None of them. Absolutely none of them. And then to see it written on screen, I was like, holy hell. I fucked up. I fucked up. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I've been so disrespectful to this artist this entire time. And I was, I was floored, but now it's just such a fun name because it really is one of those names where it's just like, I would say it and like, it doesn't feel right. Like whose name would be Tovlo? Like we have plenty of dumb names in this world. That doesn't feel like one of them, but now Tuve Lu, all about it. So cool. Well, and the funny part is, it's not even really Tuve. It's Tuva. 
because when I heard it said in the opening, uh, because Eve 6000 from Canada's Drag Race posted, so that's how you say it. And then, uh, you know, Tuvalu retweeting her and saying, this is not news. <laughs> like, this is her name. Uh, and apparently, if you watch the the beginning of her video for Disco Tits, there's this whole, like, skit that she does at the beginning of it. And uh, the puppet that's interviewing her is, like, this, you know, American talk show host. And yeah. he's like, all right, you know, so Tovlo. It's like, and Tuvalu. And he's like, oh, well, let's just say it, uh, Tovlo. But this whole thing is in there. So when I heard, and it's so emphasized every time that rue says it it's tuve lou <laughs> like i'm like all right rue let's let's soften that up a little bit because yeah. it's swedish it's not german <laughs> like look it's a little softer on the on the, the pronunciation but yeah. tuvalu i forget how and when and why i knew this but it's been my favorite thing to say whenever like i'm at the bar and a video is on i'm like oh is this tuvalu <laughs> and people are like what? See, see, this is why I know that I would not ever be a good regular host of a podcast because I can't whip random shit out of my ass like you do. Like some people who can rip, like whip out random pop culture references and understand these random facts and thoughts. Like, I don't know how y'all do it, but that's why that's what makes these podcasts interesting is because y'all sprinkle in a little bit of like gotcha knowledge. I love it. As a podcaster, you just have to be equipped with random random bits of information that otherwise would not matter in life. Yeah. And that's why I'm here. See, I would just look up like a random fact generator and just try to find some way to add it into a conversation. I love it. I love it. So we hit the runway and it is a night of a thousand dollars. What were some of your favorite looks? And uh, did you have any looks that maybe did not quite cut it for you in the Dolly realness category? Well, first of all, are you a big Dolly fan? I am not. Okay. I would not either. Do I consider her one of my gay icons? Yes. But is it for anything mm -hmm. musical related? No, not really. Um, so I'm really just familiar with nine to five Dolly and vaccine Dolly and not really much in between. So all of this, I was very fortunate that they put up those, um, those references next to it. Yeah. Um, I thought Monet's coat was absolutely stunning, but had you told me that that was Dolly Parton, I wouldn't have known like in the least. Um, and Raja, like the makeup on Raja and Trinity was so wild, but I feel like they got it some of the best. Like, is mm -hmm. Dolly normally that wild with her makeup? Is she like an old person that's constantly shaking as he, she's putting on her lipstick? Like, what? How? Did I miss I something? I don't think so. I mean, Dolly's always been like one of Dolly's most famous quotes is it takes a lot of money to look this cheap. So she is very drag. Yeah. In general. So to take Dolly and drag her up and do a, you know, to do it in a drag form is difficult because 
you know, she is already so kind of exaggerated. And I think that's where Trinity and Raja, you know, kind of were with it. Yeah. I like their looks. I think they both captured Dolly. I loved Monet's look. I yeah. loved it. And I I maybe have a, a, a few more Dolly touch points, not a ton. Um, but when she came out, I thought she looked fantastic. Like I thought it was, I thought it was great. Um the only one for me that didn't that I didn't love, and I think it had a lot to do with the hair, was Shay. And on and, and a little bit of Evie. Like I got the reference. I saw the outfit and I got the reference this time. This was better than the Vanna White realness. But I don't think it was something that would have put her over the top as a winner or a top two in this episode for me. I didn't think that she was that far and away so good to be in the top two that her runway didn't matter. Yeah. But a lot of times the runways don't matter. Well, they did this episode, I would say. Because I'm sorry, I do not think Vivian would have been in the top had she not looked that good. And I almost guarantee you she submitted in some audition tape at some point her rendition of doing a lip sync of Dolly. I mean, that's why she won because we needed to see that incredible moment. Like, yeah, that's, but like with Evie, like there's something about these like realness ones. Like Evie always interprets the realness stuff very loosely. She was like, my realness is had Evie grown up as Dolly Parton or Vanna White. What if Evie was doing Vanna White from the start? How weird would I be? Like, and what direction would I take it? And that's why I like Evie. I didn't like her look. I never seemed to actually like her realness looks because she, her mold doesn't fit into those things. But that's what she tries to do. Whereas Vivian was like, I'm an impersonator. And yeah. Evie was like, I'm not an impersonator, but I'll give it my shot. You know, so I don't know. I, I think this was just going to be Evie's win whether or not it was going to be Evie's win, because I'm not sure Evie will get another win. I mean, we'll see how it all shakes out for sure. I, I, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we're coming into the home stretch. So it'll be very interesting to see how the, uh, the competition shakes up because I can't see this being like, Oh, you have four stars, so you're in the top. Like, there, there gonna be, there's gonna be some shit that's gonna happen, that's gonna start having stars flying left, right, and center, because the, it just, I, I don't see it being this cut and dry going to the end. There yeah. have to be some things that make it a little bit more cutthroat, and a, and add a little more drama than just the plunger, the platinum plunger that's really gold. Yeah, I mean, um, we really only have, like, what, 10 more stars to give out, in theory? Because if we're halfway through the season, yeah. that means there's six episodes left, which five of them would be star-giving episodes. And mm -hmm. so they, they have to double up the stars, and you get to take them so that someone takes commanding lead. Because going into midway, and everyone's pretty even-steven, is, I guess, good for the duration of the show, but a little kind of like, okay, well then what did we do here? Like, what was the point of yeah. this? But I mean, gonna be you can't, 
you can't give Jinx the four stars that she deserves either. So, I don't know. There's going to be some sort of Mario Party twist, and somebody's going to be real hurt by the end of this. Right, Bianca Del Rio is going to come in by by episode eight and still manage to win. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So we do get the top two for this week as the Vivian and Evie Oddly. Uh, the Vivian was blocked, so she does not get a legendary, 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 legendary star. However, adding on to the one that she was gifted by Raja at the beginning of the episode, Evie Oddly gets her second legendary, 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 legendary star, joining Jinx and Jada in the top half, roughly, uh three the <laughs> three eighths of the uh of the cast with two stars now we get the lip sync song of why do you come in here looking like that can i ask you a quick question first i'm so sorry because we didn't yes. really talk about it did you think that giving away stars was fair or played no, into the spirit of the show let but before we even dive into the lip sync let's talk about that mm-hmm. so We'll double back. You know what it was before we started recording. We had a little conversation, and then we got to that point, and it just kind of it just kind of slipped by. So, Raja and Jinx have their two stars that they that they're going to be able to give away. Rue tells them that they will be given away at the beginning of the next week, so the next morning, and um, we get a little bit of them chatting with each other to decide who they should give the stars to. So through the magic of stealing other people's posts information. Um, Willem posted that the girls were directed by the producers that they could not give each other the stars because I mean, honestly, like at that point, just give each other the stars. You both won. Cool. All right. Now you got two stars. So they were, they were tasked with giving the stars to the other girls. There are a couple of ways to think about this. And I speculated um, on our last episode about whether or not you would want to give away your stars to somebody that already has one. Or do you go with somebody who doesn't have one? Knowing that you're going to be going to a lip sync smackdown. Do you give your stars to somebody that is a lip sync assassin? So I don't know what I would do. What would you have done, or what are your thoughts on on how this all all shook out in the star distribution ceremony? So I'll talk about two things. First, who I would choose, and then also if this is fair and plays into the spirit of the game, because I've had numerous thoughts on the last one. So first, Evie is the obvious choice because you just want to even the playing field. And I think if you think about the logical progression of the show, it probably be will will be one of her fewest because she she is considerably stronger or less strong in every single area than at least one of the other queens. Shay and Trinity will always beat her at design. Vivian and Jinx will always beat her at acting. You know that kind of stuff. So that makes sense. And then with the other one. Probably would have just given it to Evie, but I don't know if they could both choose the same person. Um, so I guess my logical one would be more of a like alliance sort of play 
Like if I mm-hmm. like if I were Jinx, I probably would have given it to Monet or Shay out of like a respect for I I appreciate and respect what you are doing. Um so that would have been my choice. But at first I was like, this just isn't even fair. Because like what is the point of you know, being there to show your talents and get rewarded via star. And then that's how you get there when you can just give away stars to people just for shits and giggles. And then I thought about it more. I was like, but it's actually the perfect way to demonstrate one of the unspoken rules of being a winner is that you have to be a representative of the brand and you have to get along with other people and you have to build positive relationships and you have to represent yourself well. So it's like, okay, I probably thought way too deep about this, but it's like, you have to build that relationship within that community and whoever can do that the best can kind of be rewarded with like an, a star for that. And I, I thought, which kind of helped me make sense of Jada. I was like, yeah, everyone loves her. She is the person who is doing that the best in the room of that relationship building. So that that was my full circle moment on the uh, legendary legend stars. I, I I definitely can see where you're coming from with that. It is there are so many ways to think about this that I I don't think that there is ever a way where you can say that person was wrong thinking that because there are so many ways to think about how this game will shake out and how the next couple of episodes will play out because there could be a point where either Jade is in a position and could potentially block Jinx, but she won't now. She probably won't because that's her buddy who gave her another star, mm-hmm. you know? So you are, there are so many ways to think about it. And these girls are in the pressure cooker of, you know, uh, what a, a four week filming to do all 12 episodes, you know, possibly, probably it usually takes about a month to film a season. So you know, you don't have a lot of time. You don't get a week to think about this and kind of mull it over. You know, you're either at the very most have the weekend because, you know, they they get a, a day or two off to, you know, because they can't work seven days straight. Uh, and at worst, it's the next morning that you have to have this all figured out. So you don't get a lot of time to, to, to think about it and to figure it out. But Raja gives Evie her star, her extra star. And, um, Jinx gives Jada hers. And with that, the going into this, that does give Evie her second star. And we get this lip sync of Why'd You Come Here Looking Like That by Dolly. And um there was two different lip syncs going on to two different songs <laughs> at this point. Um, uh, you you kind of hit on a, a little bit of the feeling for this lip sync earlier but uh what did you think overall of these two performing this song um it was like dolly was up there and then someone was making fun of her the whole time i mean vivian proves again over and over again that she is a master class of impersonation and like i i don't know much about dolly but I have seen her perform. Like I, I have, I can remember that. That is very much her style. Like mm-hmm. she encapsulated it perfectly. I was astounded by it. Um, so yeah, uh, Evie was wild 
um, and still don't fully understand what she did there. Um, but I think in her head, she knew exactly that what the outcome of this lip sync was going to be. So do whatever the fuck you want. Do it as Evie, as Dolly. That works. I, when it was the two of them at first, I was like, okay. Evie's taking this. Evie's a great lip syncer. Like, it's just what it's going to be. And then it started, and I immediately said, well, never mind. Um, the Vivian is taking this. Did you forget what song it was or something? Like, what about that song did you think Evie was going to bend? I didn't know what song it was. Oh, okay, when, gotcha. When Lights I, come down, yeah. and then we find out. I understand. Okay. Exactly. When 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 Rue announced Evie and Viv as top two, that's when I was like, oh, okay, Evie has this. To a and total low song. Like, that would have yeah, made sense. Yeah, if, if, it was, if it was Tuvalu, Evie had it. It would have been in the bag. We'd have been good. If... um. If it had been something, yeah, if it had been something else, it, it, it would have probably been an Eevee win. And then it was like, okay, why'd you come here looking like that by Dolly? Okay, never mind. This is Viv, <laughs> this is Viv's win. Yeah. And it was. Vivian wins. She is now, I think, the second highest cash earner on the show so far at 21.5. Yes. I think $1,000 shy of Jinx, who, if I'm not mistaken, is at 22.5. Um, they both won two lip syncs, and uh, Jinx won the mini challenge, the reading mini challenge, and got twenty five hundred. And Viv got fifteen hundred from the Wheel of Fortune um, uh, spinning wheel game that they played at the beginning. That is very impressive. So both queens you... doing really well. Yeah, that's impressive. You did all that, and you don't even have a spreadsheet in front of you. Yeah, that I know there is a chart. Way on one of these pages <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> but I don't know where it is and I wasn't going to go look for it, but I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure I remember these numbers. Um, but with that win, Jinx's fair game and turnabout became fair play and Jinx gets the block once again. Yeah. Is this what you would have done if you had the platinum but really gold plunger? No. Because I would have put on my producer hat and I would have thought about the trajectory of the race. It's like, you don't have to be, you don't have to be brand new to know who the front runners in this are. And when you see someone like Shay, who is noticeably fading into the background, which was almost kind of heartbreaking for like to see her say that, but it's like, oh yeah, you just said what we're all thinking. And then also, for Monet to not have any wins, like, you know they're coming. You know they're coming. But then you also think about what could potentially be left. And I would think that it would probably be more acting challenges uh, coming up. So Jinx probably was a smart move in that regard because, logically, a acting challenge is probably up, up next. So I was really surprised in the preview when it was not that at all. And I'm sure, but it also made me think is like, if they had all this planned out, they can just pick and choose whatever one they do next to fit whatever mm -hmm. plunging sort of situation that they had. Um, so yeah, I think it was, um, it was a worthwhile gamble that just didn't pay off. 
And that's that's the thing where in a regular season you have number of queens and challenge numbers to fit. In this, you know, you're just going eight across the board. So you really can put any episode at any point. Yeah. So it gives the producers a lot more flexibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now before we get a wrap up, I'm going to ask you what I ask everybody. Who were your top two for All-Star Season 7? For the whole season. The whole season. Who do you think will be the top two standing atop Mount Rucropolis competing in that final lip sync smackdown? My best bet, first is probably my biggest surprise, which is Jinx. I think Jinx will definitely be in the top two. Um, my only fear with that is can she actually do a entertaining lip sync? And so like, if I were playing Jinx, I'd be like, okay, the end challenge is a lip sync challenge. Let me not whip out all my shit now. Let me give these girls something to, I think they can beat me on. And then whoever chooses me first, I got you. We're done. And then I can get in the top two. So that's my only fear there. But then the next one would be Shay. Um, I, I think there are definitely some challenges coming up that she's going to um, slay and just really kill it. So I, I have I have no qualms about her. I know she'll be there. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right, Dan. Well, I appreciate you joining me on this recap. Uh, I know I mentioned it at the beginning of the episode, but let the, the fans at home listening know where they can find you on social media if they would like to follow along with your musings and or thirst traps. Yeah, I'm Dan in Bathrooms on Twitter and Instagram, and my boyfriend won't let me start an OnlyFans, so if you want me to have one of those, please let him know. (laughs) Not you sending the the listeners to go DM and be like, listen, I I mean, you can always turn on tips and just send out videos, I'm just saying. This is valid. This is valid. Dan, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate uh, the time and the chat. And um, hopefully we'll have you back on in the not too distant future. Anytime. I always have opinions. (laughs) (laughs) Dear listeners, thank you so much for hanging out with us on this episode of Flame On. We are here every other week with uh, pop culture goodness and during All-Star 7 every week with our recaps. You can check us out online at flameonshow.com. And if uh, you are so inclined, head over to patreon.com forward slash flame on show, where you can join at any one of the four levels that we have for you. And uh, who knows, maybe you could be sitting in the co-host chair, dishing on your favorite pop culture with us. But until next time, peace.